can always listen online at our website, dipetro.com. Right now, it is 12.06 on this Wednesday in this portion of the program as we uh, kick, kick off the lunch hour. And also, good afternoon to everybody tuning in on Facebook Live. You just find the page. It's Sean DePetro Show on Facebook. We do the the noontime. Almost, uh, I think we should start to even give it a name, like the, the uh, midday, the noon report, something like that. Because, of course, we go breaking breaking news and live feed on breaking news, and then we do the very popular one after dark. So I think we may do the um, the noon report or something like that. Uh, we're still working on it. But anyhow, but folks, this portion of the program right now at 12.06 on this, uh, you know, and it's it's not a terrible Wednesday. It's not the nicest Wednesday, but we'll, we'll take it as you just heard in the forecast. But it's brought to you by Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Now, right now. It's 12.07 on this Wednesday, if you can hear my voice. So, Ron's, I have very good news. Ron's Pastry Gourmet, they're open until 2 o'clock. 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence. Now, where is that? It's off the beaten path a little bit, which is not a bad thing. Because then it's very safe and plenty of free, safe parking right near AAA in Providence. Just put that in. You can find their Facebook page, Ron's Pastry Gourmet and 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence. Providence, uh, right near Silver Spring, off Silver Spring Street. You can just put that into your GPS, 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence. How about this for lunch? Everything is baked fresh daily. Sausage and peppers, eggplant, meatball calzones, buffalo chicken calzones, Philly cheesesteak calzones, pepperoni and cheese calzones, chicken parm calzones, plus plain and deluxe spinach pies, Pizza strips, cannolis, brownies, cakes, the very famous Trump chocolate-covered donuts. Folks, pop it and see Ron and Melissa. Now, they were closed for a little while because poor Ron hurt himself. They are back. They're open. The crowds have come back. Their new hours for the time being are Tuesday through Friday, 7 in the morning until 2 o'clock. But the easiest thing to do is find them on Facebook, Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Folks, you won't find bigger Trump supporters. They're already getting ready for 2024. Put it that way. Ron's Pastry Gourmet, 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence. And also this portion of the program is brought to you by Rhode Island's on One Garden Center. How about, why not take a ride? They're open seven days a week. Stop it and see them. Right there, right off of Route 4, it's PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. They have the most delicious, most delicious New England, New England <coughs> excuse me, New England corn. I'm getting emotional talking about it. You don't need butter. You don't need salt. All you need to do is go to uh, PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. 3688 Quaker Lane in North Kingstown where they also have zucchini and uh, yellow squash, green peppers, cucumbers, and everything you need to make your property look the best it can. Folks, they're having a great season. Pop in and see them. Shop local. Service is great. They're open seven days a week. It's PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center, 3688 Quaker Lane in North Kingstown. Well, I want to start off with, um, and again, we have a guest that's going to join us coming up. Again, good afternoon, everybody. A lot of uh, things happening very fast here. We're going to bring you some new news, which we normally do. But um, that is the type of program that we do. Uh, Some people do shows where they just have fluff, right? Or they just have... 
they have types of guests where it wouldn't even matter what's going on in the world. They just, you know, joining us right now is someone who's a friend of mine and blah, blah, blah. And I figured we'll talk for 50. We don't do that. You know, we are, this is, it's not easy doing uh, news as it happens type of talk program. But that's what we do. That's the challenge that we have. And we try to execute it. But um, coming up at 1230, we have a very special guest, someone who has been uh, overseas, who, as we speak, he is trying to help some of the people of Afghanistan get to safely, uh, safety. Excuse me. So we're going to talk to him coming up at 1230. But as um, as some people know, you know, Mayor Lawrence is talking about this Providence Guaranteed Income Pilot Program, where you sign up the lottery is under way and then for the different families i mean there's just <clears throat> there's just not going to be i i there's just uh, there's no one this is going to you know it's it's not going to be any caucasian individual it's just not going to be um so but what i want to point out is this is underway and i do want to give credit to the providence journal because he is pumping this big time Providence Guaranteed Income Program, where they'll select, and um, I, I did put this on both Facebook and Twitter, but it's just, it's comical. If anybody, excuse me, folks, sometimes something happens and you can sum somebody up uh, very easily. And to me, this Alorza program is one of them because he is... Um, you know, he is basically just trying to capture the African-American vote in the city of Providence. Uh, Mayor Lorsa, his strategy to become governor is pretty clear. And that is he feels that if he can win the city of Providence in the Democrat primary, he feels that will put him over the top to win the whole thing. So and keep in mind, Providence now 200,000 residents. Uh most of them now illegal, at least a quarter of the population illegal. If you want to get an idea of just how many illegals there are on Rhode Island, I encourage you go to the website to Petro.com. The media won't talk about it, but we talk about it, right? All you hear about from people is how difficult it is to come into the country. And suddenly the uh, Providence and Central Falls, the population, you know, Central Falls, it's up 40%. How is that possible? Well, it's they're illegals. That's how it's possible. That's what's going on. But you won't even find the media. They won't even they won't even mention the word or the fact that Alorza runs Sanctuary City in Providence. And the majority of residents in Central Falls happen to be illegals. There's no other explanation because it doesn't make sense. Right. A lot of the advocates say, well, it's so impossible in these countries to go through the process but somehow they're all turning up in Rhode Island. So my whole message to local media is, listen, if you want to talk about and, and let's also, by the way, keep in mind, <clears throat> most illegals won't even fill out the census. So if you have large amounts of them that are, it's it's really just like an insight and snapshot into just how many are coming in. But my message to local media is, listen, you want to do a story how Providence and Central Falls, the Latino population is somehow mysteriously going through the roof. Don't leave out the fact that they're both sanctuary cities, that you have huge numbers of non-English speaking people, 
that Alors has better basically set up the Underground Railroad from Guatemala to Providence. Like, let's not pretend. Gee, isn't this amazing? All these Hispanic people from all over the country seem to be moving. No, they're not. They're not coming from other states. <clears throat> they're coming from other countries. Maybe they go through other states. But, you know, it, it's one thing that they won't even mention that. But but this really takes the cake, okay? So just hear me out at 12.14, because the Boston Globe has a big story with some good sound on that car chase. And it's a very, very good story. And it also shows, reflects poorly on Alorza, because the actions of those kids was just terrible. But so 110 households are going to be selected. They're going to receive 500 a month. So you add that up, that's 660,000, right? So 110 households receive $6,000 over the course of the year. This is Mayor Jorge Elijah, his uh, guaranteed income program. Now, what the Providence Journal has found out is to administer the program, it costs over 723000 See, that in a nutshell to me, that is classic Mayor Jorge Elijah. Classic. The program costs more than what they're giving out. Like, that is insanity. How can the program cost 723000 to administer? So they're keeping more than what they're giving out. That... You could double the number of families if you didn't have such a high cost. So, but that is classic Alorza right there. They're giving out 660000 but the, the cost associated with handing out the 666000 is 723000 I mean, that right there, to me in a nutshell, and if you want to see the story, again, kudos, it's the Providence Journal that... Uh, broke it out. It's right there. I have it on the Facebook page. John DePietro Show. Folks, this portion of the program. That is not a bad cough. It's a, um, it's not a COVID cough, but it is a, Juan did have a cigar yesterday afternoon, but it's brought to you folks by, remember, visit our website, uh, depetro.com, which is brought to you by the Citadel Revival. Comfort Food Cocktails, Centerdale Revival, 2025 Smith Street in North Providence. Shane and his crew, they have put together great staff, great food, great drinks. You're nice and safe. You're not into the danger zone of Providence. It's the Centerdale Revival right there, Centerdale, North Providence, 2025 Smith Street. And it links right through at the website, dipetro.com. So the Boston Globe has um, a very good story. And they have, um, and I don't know if everyone has it, but I did share it on Facebook and it's obviously on Twitter. But they have the video of these three youths back in, in July. And keep in mind, you know, the activists about screaming about this. <clears throat> what is so appalling about this is Mayor Alorza, Mayor Jorge Alorza and Commissioner Perry, by the way, they came right out and they condemned the uh, officers that were involved in it. And, and it's so outrageous because if you look at the video, you look at the video and you see these kids with, uh, you know, a rifle, they have guns, they're pointing at people. But on top of that, it goes more than that. They get out of the car, they're chasing 
They shot these people. They're chasing them around. The Boston Globe, they have the um, video of this. So now our guest is um, is calling somewhat early. So, folks, joining us right now, we were going to have him at 1230, but I'm thinking he must be jammed with other things. And it's uh, Joseph uh, Penakela. Uh Hey, Joe, I, I, I'm gathering that if you're calling early, then this is uh, this time works better for you. Is that accurate? Uh, that would be correct. Okay. Yeah, All right. It's been a little chaotic here the, the past. Uh, That's fine. Three days. That's fine. Listen, I want to have you on. Um, you you were in Rhode Island. Uh, you're now in Florida. But you, number one, have been overseas. But more importantly, you seem to have uh, direct contact with people that are either you're dealing with the Afghanistan people or people there or, or you're, do you know people that are dealing with people there? Uh, both. Um, so right now, we've gotten out uh, probably about three different groups of Afghans, um, some which are uh, Afghan-Americans, U.S. citizens, others which uh, they were uh, former uh, West Point graduates who are exchange cadets from the Afghan army uh, that, that did not have U.S. citizenship, but uh, uh, were obviously their lives were, were at risk if they uh, were captured by the Taliban. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm in contact right now with, with two families on the ground outside of HKIA in Kabul uh, that are uh, basically trying to get inside the U.S. perimeter. Now, Joe, if you don't mind, could you just take us inside a little bit, your experience overseas, some of the knowledge you have, and then obviously you you have communication and knowledge of people that are operating in real time in Afghanistan. Yeah, sure. And, and my background uh, on, in the service front was not in Afghanistan. Right. I deployed to, to Iraq. Understood. Uh, going back, um, have a lot of friends and, and some relatives who served in Afghanistan uh, and some, some West Point classmates as well. And so what uh, and as you've probably seen, the Biden administration right now is at best struggling uh, with trying to respond. And so there's been a number of efforts. Uh, sort of working some things through unofficial channels, some congressional offices that are stepping up uh, to try to help out U.S. citizens and uh, and other Afghan interpreters and so on. Um, so, you know, what we're seeing right now is that there, there's a great deal of chaos. Um, there are an estimated 15,000 U.S. citizens spread throughout Afghanistan, not just in, in the capital. Uh, and so it, it's a little bit of a challenge to reach out to them. Uh, and uh, it's also a, a little bit of a challenge as they kind of flow into the airport. Uh, uh, it's a little bit of a challenge getting them past the crowds uh, to make it into the airport and then beyond the airport into the U.S. perimeter within the airport uh, so they can be manifested for flights out to Qatar. Oh. <clears throat> and that's where they're, they're taking them. Now, Joe, you, you also posted on your Facebook page, and that was one of the things that drew my attention to you, is, you know, the business that the Taliban, it's almost like, you know, they have a flower in one hand and they come in peace. That is not what you're hearing that's going on in, in, on the ground. 
I think what you're going to see there, John, is you're going to see the Taliban trying to put its best face forward in the capital where the cameras are. Uh, but then as soon as you move beyond that, uh, you're going to see a very different version of the Taliban. And that's already been reported. Uh, that's already been, uh, you know, I, I think that's been in the news. It, it's come from certainly some of my contacts, particularly in the outlying areas uh, that aren't in the city capital where there are no cameras. Um you know, we received word the other day of a uh, of an interpreter whose arms were chopped off, ah. and their uh, their U.S. identification was actually melted into the the chest of the interpreter ah. before they killed his family, and then gave his ten year old daughter off to uh, senior leaders of the town. Oh my God! And so again, these are these are not stories necessarily that are happening in the city center, um, but they're they're sort of the word of mouth uh, stories that are coming out from the countryside. Yeah, folks. Again, we're speaking with uh, Joe Pankela, and Joe, and we're not going to keep him much longer because he is in the middle right now of trying to help some of these people. Joe, I'm just trying to. How do you see or what is the feeling over the, the next two weeks? Can this situation can the chaos be controlled a little bit we know that we're hearing that there are more troops at the airport and at least the situation in the airport seems to be a little more orderly but the problem seems to be people trying to just get to the airport yeah so it's sort of a twofold and it really depends on on whether you're a u.s citizen or not yeah um the taliban are, are basically saying that they'll provide safe passage for u.s citizens they are not saying anything about the afghan nationals that worked uh with americans but are not u.s citizens mm-hmm. um so they are at, at probably the gravest danger and there are still some very senior leaders of the uh of the afghan government's leadership that are, are in hiding there right now and have not received any contact from official u.s channels uh from from state or dod um so so there again there are two groups of folks uh even those folks getting to the airport uh it, they're having trouble getting to the gates. They're having trouble uh, passing through. And, and that's one of the things we're trying to facilitate right now. Um, but it, part of the problem is that the, the planning for this was, was quite obviously done with a, uh, uh, with a belief that Afghanistan would not have, have fallen as soon as it did. And there are some heavy paperwork requirements for special immigration visas uh, that, in my opinion, the best thing to do would be for the, the Biden administration to go ahead and suspend those requirements, evac the people out, and go through the the vetting policy in a, in a location that's not necessarily in the United States, uh, so they can be screened before entering the United States, but also removes the physical risk to them mm-hmm. uh, from staying in Afghanistan. Now, and again, uh, folks, to speak with uh, Joseph Penkela. And Joe, again, I, I'm, I'm, I know we're short on time because you are literally in real time trying to help many of these people. I'm just curious, though, that is the situation around the Capitol. What, what is the situation? Do we have even a handle of what's going on in other parts of the country? And I just, what is the, how would the Taliban, let's just say, you know, tonight they were to go in and, and uh, murder some people that were cooperating with us in some of these villages. What would be the ramifications? Where would there be justice? How would they ever be held accountable? You know, right now, John, I, I don't think there is accountability. Yeah. Uh, right now, the, the U.S. is not bargaining. And at this point, we're bargaining. 
uh, you know, they, they always say that, uh, you know, grounds on, you know, boots on the ground are, are, are who gets to dictate uh, sort of the negotiations. Um, and right now we've sort of moved from a, a position of strength in bargaining to a position of weakness. Um, and that's problematic, and that's going to be problematic right now. Uh, you know, obviously in the countryside, they I doubt there's going to be any accountability. When you start even moving that to Americans trying to get safe passage yes. into the capital, we're still somewhat now reliant on the Taliban. Yeah. We still really now have to negotiate with the Taliban for that. And that's not a position we ever should have been in. And just one more thing, just so people understand, what can you tell us about the leadership of the Taliban? Where are they from? What's their background? What is their goal? It seems now they're once again going to have their own country to run. Yeah, and that's where the problem really comes in. Um, so, you know, this is now just like it is for for us in America. We're, we're now talking about a multi-generational conflict. So when we first went into Afghanistan in 2001, you know, all of those original leaders, you know, many of them, not all of them, but many of them are gone. And, and you're dealing with a younger generation of Taliban fighters. Now, they're moving in, and it's one thing to fight. It's a different thing to govern. And so what we sort of should expect here, I think, is, you know, initially they'll put on the, you know, the smiles and, and the warm faces and so forth. But once they have to govern and once services aren't being supplied and, and they encounter those difficulties, the population is not going to be happy. Yeah. And way the Taliban deals with an unhappy population, we all have seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think there's a very short <laughs> window in terms of our expectation of what to expect. Um, I, you know, I do think the Taliban leadership is going to try to uh, seek out support, and we've already seen that from China and Russia. Ah. So we've created a vacuum there. We've, we've actually created an opportunity for China um, here as well. Um, so, you know, a lot remains to be seen, but it's certainly not uh, it's certainly not a positive change. Mm. Uh, and when you consider, and most people don't realize, there hadn't been a single U.S. combat casualty right. since February 2020. Huh. So. Wow. 18 months. Folks, again, he's uh, Joseph Penkela. Joe, I, I know you're busy. I certainly appreciate the time, your insight. Uh, good luck this afternoon, this week. We'll check in with you again and be well. Okay. Sounds good, John. Thanks again. Take All care. All right, folks. There it is. And that is the firsthand account. I'll tell you, that is uh, not easy. Good afternoon, everyone, right now at 1228. So we had our guest a little bit early, but uh, think of that. He is trying to help people in real time uh, try to get out of the country. I mean, that is no small feat. And, and this is just a complete disaster by the Biden administration, whose approval rating is dropping. There's no one defending. There's no plan. Uh, you know, if this was uh, Jill Biden, the first lady, planning this or whoever was planning this this is a is a complete utter disaster and they deserve all the negative press that they are getting folks this portion of the john DePietro show is brought to you by now remember <clears throat> if you're ever in an accident bring your vehicle to west fountain order body you can call them at 272-3340 let's just say over the next few days you or someone you're related to family member friend are in an auto accident, call West Fountain Auto Body today, 401-272-3340. 
located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. It's West Fountain Auto Body. Remember, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. West Fountain Auto Body, 272-3340, 272-3340, West Fountain Auto Body. Right now, at, um, <clears throat> let's see, it's 1229. Good afternoon, folks. Again, it's Shonda Pedro. We go until 2 o'clock. Next hour, we're going to speak with uh, Giovanni Ferrosi, also military background. Get his thoughts on the uh, continuing catastrophe known as the situation in Afghanistan, where it is uh, it's unimaginable that we have set these people up to be just completely at the women hands of these murderers and killers. Uh, remember, check out the website to Petro which is brought to you by Soul Source Restoration. There's a direct link, fire and smoke damage. If you have water damage, mold remediation or storm damage, excuse me, S-O-L-E, Soul Source Restoration. Mike C.P., his crew, their website is S-O-L-E, SoulSourceRestoration.com or call them at 401-712-2700. But I want to, um, the Boston Globe, again, I want to give them credit. They have the most information right now where they... Um, Three teens arrested shooting at people with the BB guns. Police dispatch 911 calls, how it unfolded. This was back on July 8th. They write the owners of the Narragansett Creamery talking with workers at the edge of the parking lot. Dark colored SUV rolled up on them. The owner saw the muzzle of a rifle poke out the window. Something sharp hit his arm. Arm. As the man ran for cover, the young driver got out with a BB rifle and came after them. Folks, on the Website, you can they have the video of them running after them. The SUV driver shot a worker who was trying to shield his face, chased another man, tried to hide behind a box truck. Two more teens jumped out, one also carrying a rifle, and they cornered him. They also shot into the window of a dairy truck, unloading milk in the bay, shattering glass, hitting the driver in the face. People barricaded themselves, and they, you know, called 911. Now, I'm going to play some of these 911 calls. But what I want to get to is, folks, these, this is who Mayor Alorza and Commissioner Perry are saying they were appalled because at the end of this whole thing, one or two of the police got a little rough with one of these punks as they were arresting them. And when you see it, it's so maddening. You know, and the police would have actually been within their right to fire off at them. They didn't know if they were guns, if they were rifles, if they were BB guns. The fact that anyone would defend these punks. Listen to some of these calls. I just feel for, I think we can get it, yeah. I'm at 33 Dearborn Street. It's near against a creamery. There are two guys who pulled up in a black SUV or truck, jumped out of the car with long rifle BB guns. And they're shooting at us, at us in the parking lot. Chasing us around trucks. Chasing us into the plant. I'm hiding in the milk room of the plant with the owner. Uh, one of the owners of my other guy who's my driver. I don't know where he is, if he's okay. He's getting chased around. Now, you know, I actually was communicating with one of the defenders of these Juvenile delinquents who were saying they were only BB guns. They're just kids. You you look at the video that the Boston Globe got their hands on. It's beyond appalling. And for, for Mayor Alorza 
to be siding against the police on this. Telling you. Let me hear a little bit more. Hi, I just want to report um, there's a car driving by on Manhattan Avenue with like a rifle BB gun pointing at people and shooting. With a BB gun? It looks like a BB gun or like a rifle. I don't know. See, I don't know. Could have been a rifle. Okay, Manhattan Avenue. Yeah, it's like a, it's a rifle. It's a rifle. Manhattan Avenue. Manhattan Avenue. Yep. ¿Cómo se llama esta callecita por ahí? Oh. Oh, that's the neighborhood. What's the side street? Like Hosu? Providence, the side street, Steuben. Steuben Street. Steuben Street. Steuben, yes. Steuben and Manton. It's a, it's a blue BMW. Blue BMW. Blue BMW. Folks, again, I want to give credit to the Boston Globe. Listen to some of this sound that's coming. Into the plaza. With a patient, we're for the bus. And he stepped out with a BB gun rifle, and he was shooting at random passerby. And they started shooting, and he got in the car and headed towards Memorial Boulevard between the big state courthouse and the post office. I mean, this went on for five and a half hours. Five and a half hours. All right, so they, they dropped the top down. It turned into a convertible. There's a Wyoming plate, about two to three occupants. He had a blue bandana on with his shirt off. He turned around and pointed something at me. Rifle. Rifle. Terrible. But, you know, this was going on. And who? And then they were getting all the other cities and towns around there involved. Listen to this one. Just circle left off the main avenue, inbound. Now on to Solomon Street. He's driving at me. He's driving at me right now. He's not stopping. King Street, King Street. Vehicle smoking. Rescue two engine fifteen. King Street at Salmon Street. Auto accident from the police. Now, again, um the hours of pursuit caught up with the car. The BMW front bumper looked like it was dragging on the highway. The run front, run right front tire went flat, set up sparks and smoke. The BMW limped back into the city 30 miles an hour, driving, taking side streets through Elmhurst, Mount Pleasant, back into Oneyville. Tires smoking. BMW drove near the Manton Heights housing projects as officer closed in. He's driving right at me. He's not stopping. They were going right at the police. And then it slammed into a fire hydrant. He crashed. He crashed. Um, I mean, just disgraceful, folks. Just circle left on the Manhattan Avenue, inbound. Now on to Solomon Street. He's driving at me. He's driving at me right now. He's not stopping. He almost hit me. Four, three, almost hit me. He crashed. He crashed. He crashed. King Street, King Street. Now, the thing is, can you even imagine right now at 1236 how wound up the police would be with the adrenaline? Never mind, you have someone pointing a rifle at you, going right through you. You got to see the video. The video, they leap out. They're chasing these people at the creamery around the parking lot and shooting at them. Listen, I have no sympathy for this crowd. So one of them got roughed up a little bit by Providence police. You know, they're lucky to be alive. 
And I want to explain to the idiots, <clears throat> to the idiots that monitor this program, that are the activists, that don't know the definition between, and I've talked about this, should and could. Now, I want to repeat, I'm going to speak very slow, because many of the people, the activists that monitor this show, they are uneducated. They are, as Rush would say, low information voters. Hear me out. I'm saying based on what you were hearing, they could have been killed, meaning they were putting themselves in harm's way. Someone could have shot at them. They were going the wrong way down different streets. They were riding all over the place. They were, what if one of those drivers at the creamery was, in fact, allowed to carry a concealed weapon? He could have opened fire on them. They could have been killed. Now, some of the activists that monitor this program, and right now it's 1238, it's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. I had this one dunce named Cedric who lives in Providence who was saying, you were saying they should be killed. No, I said they could have been killed. Yeah, that's right. You're saying they should be killed. I said, no, there's a difference between should and could. No, there isn't. Why? What's the difference between should and could? Folks, this is the mentality you're dealing with. And there have already been protests. Any elected official that stands by these Three punk juvenile delinquents should be forced out of office. And that includes Mayor Alors who was saying, I was appalled when I said, what about this? This is a form of terrorism that they were enacting in the city. Now, I also want to give, you know, I want to give uh, kudos here to the Amanda Milkovitz of the Boston Globe. This is a, she's the first one to pull all this. Three teens arrested shooting at people. The police dispatch, the 911 calls. She's got the surveillance video. Boy, the, and you know what else? The owners of Narragansett Creamery, and apparently they've been there for a long time. <clears throat> you know, they offered more of a defense than Mayor Lorza did. The owners of the Creamery who don't want to use their name. Um, you know, there they are jumping out of the car. This isn't like riding by. One person, I'm shot in the head. I'm bleeding. They were calling all over the city, 770 radio transmissions between officers and dispatchers, 911 calls from five victims. Again, I repeat, 770, 770 radio transmissions. The incident went on for five hours and 47 minutes, almost six hours. High-speed pursuits on city roads, highways, leading in and out of Providence, neighboring cities. And this is where the incident ended at 2.03 in the morning, July 9th. The police arrested two 15-year-olds and a 16-year-old. And the one of the 15-year-olds got roughed up a little bit. They seized two BB rifles and a ski mask. Too bad. The boys are charged with multiple felonies. Attorney General, though, what's the focus? possible excessive force is there is such a thing you know and alorza this is appalling how hey they should be charged 770 calls the family that owns narragansett creamer run the company oneyville more than 20 years 
Never had anything like this happen. We just want to make cheeses and go to farmer's markets, said the son, who was shot in the arm. They want their names withheld for safety. But they want people to know what happened that night. And listen to this line. It's important for the citizens of this city, beautiful city, to understand they've been violated, said the head of the family. We want to keep this beautiful city safe. Incident began at 8.16, ended at 2 o'clock in the morning the next night. And what is just disgraceful is the fact that Alorza and Perry are absolute slaves to the blanking activists like Black Lives Matter and some of these others that are demanding that they want the body cam footage released. God, this makes me angry. Wow. Folks, when you see the footage of these grown men who work and the parents were actually out in front of the courthouse because one of the youths was being detained. These people, let me just be very clear about something at 1242. These people are uneducated. They are barbarians. They have no respect for themselves, for law enforcement, for the city. They are delusional with their requests. They don't have realistic expectations of how the criminal justice system should work. They're already intimating that there may be lawsuits as a result of this. There's no accountability thrown on that. And this is another level. When you see the surveillance video, the rifles getting out of the car, chasing the owner's employees at Providence Specialty Products in in, uh, Providence, in Oneyville. This, this is another level of this isn't, you know, and, and again, though, I already know the answer because some of these people have reached out to me. They would just be me guns. They're just kids. But, but no one knows that. When you look at that video, no one, you don't know how old they are. You don't know if that's a real rifle. Why were they shooting these people in the face? God and Tierra Mac. These other idiots stepping forward and defending that? And Alorza, I saw the police video and it's appalling. I, I, I think the police video is irrelevant. Based on what we're learning and seeing prior to that. I, I, I've just had it. And you, you can't reason with many of these activists. People that don't know the difference between should and could. Such as when you're acting that way, you're, you, you could be, you know, they're lucky they weren't killed. If you're driving high speed, wrong way down one way streets, going straight at a police cruiser, they could have been killed. And there's an activist who's like, so you're saying they should have been killed. I didn't say they should have been killed. Should, could, same thing. Yeah. What grade did you finish? Did you make it to high school? See, Alorza and the city can't be led by uneducated individuals. They have, they, have, they have no interest in the truth. And at least the media won't be led by it. The way they were misled by the whole Sale Street crew, right? We were pepper sprayed. They were yelling, who watched them? Oh, you know, carrying on and on. 
which we still need to get to the bottom of. I've heard it was a family member that set the fire. Folks, right now at 1245 on this Wednesday, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, DePietro.com. This portion of the program brought to you by Jamie's Power Wash. Now, listen, we still have a long way to go with all this heat that we've had, rain, humidity, That just means the algae, the moss, the stains, it just grows. It gets worse. Jamie's Power Wash. Let him do his thing. 401-837-4545. Commercial, residential. Now, you know I've I've spoken about Jamie. Jay Freitas Construction, deck staining. Jamie's Power Wash. Online at jamiespowerwash.com. You can also find him on Facebook. Call today, 401-837-4545. People have called him because I've referred him, and they just give rave reviews. 401-837-4545 for Jamie's Power Wash. Folks, again, we'll have more about this on the website at DePetro.com. DePetro.com, which is sponsored by the Coesed Inn. A great meal is waiting for you. 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. The Coesed Inn. Stop and see them, and there's a direct link. The bar, they're open seven days a week, and they have that big bar. I just, um, th- this reaction and the way people have reacted uh, with some of the activists and Black Lives Matter and these people demanding that the Attorney General release the body camps, no one should be, no one should be defending these three degenerates. And I have heard that the three teens involved, they have been problems there since they were born. That's what I've heard. Absolutely. So this is insanity. But to have a sitting mayor, oh, yeah, of course. But the media has got to get on the stick. Like, enough of this. But these, when you see that, just the brazenness, that, that's criminal behavior. We're not talking about somebody that throws a water balloon or, or a, uh, you know, or a snowball. You have to see, and I give credit to, I did put the link on the Facebook page, the Boston Globe. Uh, Amanda Milkovitz is very plugged in, and she was able to get the surveillance video from that business right there. And... Like the brazenness, they get out of the vehicle. It's not like they drove by and shot at them. They get out and they're literally chasing these poor people around. Absolutely disgraceful. The video is unreal. Also, I should mention, it's Amanda and Alexa Gagos. So two members of the Globe staff. I do see two. That's my fault. Um, Amanda with the lead on this. But this is a lot of reporting. It is. But the video is just, um, I don't know. I, I mean, what was the point here? They weren't robbing them. They just wanted to scare them and terrorize them. And they did hurt them. Imagine. And they're chasing them around. And you can hear in the 911 call, people, they don't know. Is it a rifle? Is it a gun? Is it a BB gun? Do they have several that they're chasing around? Do they have several weapons? Someone that is riding like that at police. This is another level. And folks, I also want to, you know, no one is going to say this, but I will. But let's also keep in mind that these individuals, they're, they're 
people may not get this, but they're fortunate of their race because, all right, so they happen to be, I believe, uh, one white, one black, one Hispanic. That's, I'm told. Um, you know, I, I can try to hold it up a little bit on, to the, on Facebook Live. I think you're going to have to go to the, the Facebook page where we had it. But you see them um, chasing them around, chasing them around the, the truck. I'm not sure if everybody on Facebook Live can see that. This is just like another level of brazenness that is going on and firing at them and then leaping back into the car. What I was going to say was, you know, all we've heard about is the threat of white supremacy and the threat of white supremacy. And you, you're talking about three people and they had a ski mask. So I wonder what would have been the reaction in the community? Uh, let's look at it this way. What if it had been three rednecks that came in and they said, we're going to ride around. Hear me out at 1250. Let's just say you have three rednecks, either local or they come in from somewhere and they are riding around Oneyville, Mantan Avenue. Uh, predominantly minority communities, poor communities, and they are firing at people of color and terrorizing them in the neighborhood. What would have been the reaction if they caught the three of them and they had a Trump flag on the back of the car? Now, they had a Wyoming license plate. I don't know how that came about. I don't know how they got the vehicle. But what then what would have been the reaction? Can you even imagine would there have been groups defending these three juvenile delinquents? This goes beyond a prank. I'll even say I believe they should be tried as adults. Now, and remember, as far as a BB gun, you, you, people, and, and again, some of the activists said, oh, come on. It was a BB gun. Who hasn't done that? For six hours, riding around, shooting out windows, shooting people in the face, terrorizing those people for no reason. What would be the reaction if that had been three rednecks, three three percenters, oath keepers, three whatever, quote, the big threat is the white supremacist. What if it had been that riding around, terrorizing? They would have been screaming up and down. They want the death penalty. This is the problem with Trump, blah, blah, blah terrorizing these poor people, the whole thing would have a different tone. I want to be very clear at 1251. The type of weapon they had or weapons they had was an unknown. Was an absolute unknown. So no one can say, oh, come as some activists have tried with me. Oh, come on. They were just kids having a little fun with BB guns. Wrong. Not like this. 770 transmissions back and forth. Listen, I want to be very clear. No one is condoning. I've, As I have said, I've heard the body cam footage is rough on the arrest. One or two of the young officers really snapped. But you can hear the fear in the officers. See, it crosses a line when someone... Folks, you have people, by the way... <clears throat> And this is something police have to deal with. Is this someone who wants to die suicide by cop? 
You know, I spoke to a police officer about that and said, whenever, you know, they have to be very cautious because there are people that do that. As a matter of fact, recently, although it happened out on the West Coast, there was a guy from North Providence and he was out in Los Angeles and had a weapon. And he I it, it's so sad when it gets to that point. But, you know, they start. He was walking towards the police with the hand. He's he's begging, as sad as that sounds, begging for the police. And they did. They shot and killed him. What are they supposed to do? And then they have to live with it. Now, another good point. This could have been a dry run with real weapons. I reject this thing that they they knew there were a couple of kids riding around with BB guns. That is a false statement. Wrong. So. This story by the Globe, um, this, this is a blockbuster. And it needs to, what I am really surprised after seeing the videos, and folks, you can hear, that is fear in the voice. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing, that could have been, that could have been a dry run, run through with real weapons. But again, um, it's Amanda Milkovitz and uh, also there's three teens arrested shooting at people. Police dispatch 911 calls as it unfolded. I, I feel terrible for Amanda Milkovitz and uh, Alexa Gagos. Um, I feel terrible for this family, Providence Specialty Products, who, you know, they are working for a living. They're just trying to, listen, not a lot of businesses are moving into Dearborn Street. Right. They stayed. They've been there a long time. That's not easy doing what they do. Like that's who you go after. That's who you terrorize. That's who you're shooting up to six hours. And what I really find appalling is that Mayor Alorza and Perry, they commented only on the body cam footage and said they were appalled by it. And already both of those officers are on suspension. They have offered nothing on the conduct of the three individuals. Now, I recognize under the law, two 15-year-olds and a 16-year-old. But their actions are absolutely shameful. And also, you know, I've even heard that the Attorney General, Pina Dorona, was very upset upon seeing it. And I, again, I have I've heard that the body cam footage of the two young officers, one in particular, it sounds like he snapped. They were chasing them. This was going on, folks. You don't know what they have. You don't know what kind of weapons they have. The next time in that area, I, I, um, I just really feel for, for the people, the family run business of that. That is not an easy business to be in. And as I said, you don't have a lot of businesses. Actually, let's say it, none moving into that area and the brazenness of it. And then, Getting out of the car and chasing them around and shooting them and their driver as if it's not tough enough. God, just no respect for anything. Listen again. I'll say what it is. You're, this is fear. You're an officer and they're coming right at you. They're not slowing down. You want to hit me? Four three. What you doing, man? Street crash, crash, crash. King Street, King Street. I'm for Earl Three apprehended. Two Earl Three. Earl Three apprehended. Two Earl Three. 
Vehicle smoking. Rescue two engine 15 King Street at Salmon Street. Auto accident from the police. Vehicle smoking. At 206. You know, again, folks, it would be so easy to Monday morning quarterback. Um, in hindsight, yeah, it would be good if the, the younger officer kept his cool. But I believe that people need to be outspoken with law enforcement based on what we're hearing here. So I've already heard, as I've said, and already, already, the activists, already, already, already the activists, without even seeing the body cam footage, we want it released. The families were saying they had three teens were brutalized and roughed up. And they, I will say again, this could have gone a different way. This could have gone much like right off of Truckstone Avenue last week. Police showed tremendous restraint. Police officer going a domestic call, and there's a guy standing in the middle of the street with no shirt on and a high-powered rifle. Fired, hit the cruiser twice. Folks, under the police guide, you could pull the vehicle over, boom, 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 and, and start firing. They didn't do that. Then they captured the guy. Not one shot was fired. That's discipline. I am, I, I, after seeing this, and I am glad that the Globe broke this story and has this stuff out. And again, that is really plugged in. Um, that is not easy to pull all that together. But I am, I'm really surprised that Mayor Lorzer and Commissioner Perry would immediately start drawing the attention to the body cam footage. As I was, you know, what about the, the victims here? The victims that night. Are the family people at the creamery and other people that were shot and terrorized? They are the victims, not the three teens. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro show, remember, if you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone, fight back, call Jack, Jack Calvino, 401 785 9400, 401 785 9400 or online at fightbackcalljack.com. Auto accident, motorcycle accident, slip and fall, workplace injury, free consultation. Fight back, Jack Helvino, 401-785-9400 or online at fightbackcalljack.com. Folks, coming up, the Power Hours next. It's John DePietro on this Wednesday. It is uh, Wednesday, August 18th. We're going to break for the 1 o'clock news and then another full hour to go. The latest on this and more. Next hour is radio only. Stay with me. You can listen live at the website, dipietro.com.